Hello and welcome to another episode of Monster Dear Monster. I'm one of your hosts, Dave, and I'm joined as pretty much always by Cameron. <laughs> Yo. And Leonard. Hello. How are you guys doing? Uh, pretty good. It's Saturday. That's usually okay. <laughs> I have work after this again because that's mm. my life. Uh, eagle-eyed mm. listeners of the show will notice that all I do is work. I uh, <laughs> I don't actually do anything else like run my YouTube channel or properly c- cultivate my Twitter. It's just working on this <laughs> game that released two weeks ago. Uh well, you know, the first two weeks after release are just as busy as the previous two months or whatever. All those new bugs being found. Yep. Uh, got, gotta love the community and <laughs> those eagle-eyed gamers. But no, <laughs> no, I'm 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 actually pretty good. Just a little um tired from all of the work. Yeah, fair. <laughs> How about yourself? Dave, how are you doing this fine morning slash evening time time differences? <laughs> doing, doing pretty good, I guess. The the weather's finally fall like, which is nice change from the mm. extended summer that we've been having. This is oh man, like. yeah, that's weather for you. I mean, we just got our first hot day uh, this week, and that triggered the Great Lizard Invasion of twenty eighteen at work. <laughs> Oh yeah, great. he was showing pictures of the blue blue tongued lizard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they came just out of the brush. Okay, well, thirty degrees one day. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> uh, they got into the house of God. There was one just in the chat. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, but yeah, it's it's warming up a little, which. Honestly, isn't the worst. It could be worse. <laughs> yeah, it could always be worse. Even warmer as it will. Well, yeah, that's, yeah. Give it two months, and we'll be even colder. <laughs> mm. I mean, we'll, we'll we'll average out between us, you know, <laughs> <laughs> one livable area. <laughs> and I have absolutely no idea what temperature California will be. It was. 80 mm. degrees the last few days and now it's okay. relatively cool morning who knows who knows when mm. when when weather happens here because we only have <laughs> two, we only have two seasons we only have summer and and rain here in california really and then fire that's your other season yes the yeah fire season. sorry about we, we call it the culling season yeah, they were pretty <laughs> bad this year. Mm. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's enough about us, right. and <laughs> we'll we'll move on to sunnier topics, but not really. Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, we'll flip the script a little bit and just mow right into uh, yokai of the week. And then we'll let you know what we'll talk, we're going to be talking about this episode. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you know, Yokai of the Week's always handy for uh, a laugh most of the oh, time. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, hopefully. It'll get, get us all oh, riled up. Possibly. 
Um, where were we? So for those listeners who are somehow impossibly joining us this very episode for their first time, Yokai of the Week is a thing where we randomly generate some numbers. We go down our massive list of Yokai and we pick out one to chat about. Uh, well, technically the randomly num- generated number picks, ones out, picks one out. I can talk. I am human. I can talk. Um, <laughs> and this week we're doing the letter M. Uh, Let's go with that. Um, yeah, I guess uh, in in the name of uh, in the name of Yorker of the week, Dave, roll them. Seven, seven. Okay. Ooh, I counted right. I hope. Um, Moku Mokuren. That's what I got. Okay, they are spirits in Japanese mythology. Let's see if we get some more than that. Yeah, we, we got a little bit of info. I'll read I'll read the myth, mythology section. Uh, the Mokumokuren usually live in torn shoji, which are the uh, the paper sliding walls of Japanese architecture, but they can also be found in tatami floor mats and in walls. The name Mokumokuren literally means many eyes or continuous eyes. The Mokumokuren is considered by the Japanese to be one of the traditional inhabitants of haunted houses. The only way to remove the spirit from the wall is to patch up the holes in it. However, they are also said to be an invention of Toriyama Sekien, uh, who is a writer from the 1700s in Japan. So there might be a, might be a, a more recently developed yokai. Uh, Leonard, would you like to read some of the uh, the legends surrounding Mokumokuren? Uh, yes. Once upon a time, a stingy traveling merchant once tried to save money by sleeping in a abandoned, haunted Japanese ghost house, which, uh, <laughs> as we, we all know, uh, turns out well every single time without issue. Um, mm. uh, yep, at, happens fine. Yep. Uh, <laughs> and... Uh, uh, decides to sleep in this ghost house rather than sleeping in uh in waking in the middle of the night he uh was confronted by an almost entire shoji scream staring down at him uh but instead of becoming scared he removed the eyeballs from the screen and sold them <laughs> to a local eye surgeon well he was emergent that 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 feels some that feels <laughs> like like an episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark? Oh my god, what <laughs> just happened? <laughs> wow, that's that's great. Can you can you imagine the questions of that surgeon though? Where, Where did you get, you get all these eyes? Nope, <laughs> that question has absolutely <laughs> zero questions. Mm, mm, no answers for this one. <laughs> Oh, uh, and in another story, a travel a traveler was determined to remain in the same house as a uh, Moku Mokurin. Yeah, Moku Mokurin, uh, mm-hmm. attempting to ignore it by wrapping by wrapping tightly around his head the blanket he had been sleeping beneath. <laughs> when he awoke, he discovered that his eyeballs had been removed. And were nowhere to be found. <laughs> uh, perhaps his eyes had joined those already entombed in the Mokumokuren. 
Okay. That one is also pretty creepy. <laughs> and it's also very bloodborne. Mm. <laughs> eyes on the inside. Has anyone seen my <laughs> eyes? <laughs> yeah. Um you know, Bloodborne it does have illusionary walls in the Chalice Dungeons, but I think Bloodborne main game should have had eye walls. Mm. That would have been so good. <laughs> now they would have just been in uh Neo. True. I mean basically is in Neo. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hmm. Uh Dave, have you managed to dig up any additional information for us? Yeah, it's not um it's it's brief. Um Mokumokuren. Translation I I i.e. many eyed. Um Muraji, a hereditary, a hereditary title used in ancient Japan. Appearance. If not properly taken care of, shoji, the paper sliding doors and windows found in Japanese houses, can be easily damaged and riddled with holes. When shoji have gone too long without repair, ghostly eyes begin to pop out of the holes, watching all that goes on inside the house. Behavior. Mokumokuren are harmless but incredibly creepy. Their true danger lies in who their <laughs> companions might be. Mokumokuren mm. often work in concert with other Tsukumogami and are usually a sign of a greater infestation of yokai. Oh, okay, that's cool. So they're the, the eyes from the, the the eyes in the sky for all the uh, haunted toys. <laughs> they're, they're ghostly preambles. <laughs> <laughs> You've done wrong to your sliding door. <laughs> oh, that's pretty cool. Uh, that's all we got. <laughs> I I also really like the they're harmless. The ma- young oh, yeah. man woke up with his eyes removed. Completely totally harmless. harmless. Totally harmless. What are you talking about? <laughs> although the, although to be fair, the explanation is is that oh who knows maybe my eyes just decided to join them of their own accord. I guess mm. they didn't attack me technically. <laughs> it's a technicality, but we'll take it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, the walls watching you is a pretty creepy concept. I'm into it personally. Yeah, it works. <laughs> I, right. I just mm. also just like pretty like oh, oh you got you got some mocha mocha in that means that we've got a <laughs> we've got a greater demon mm. got a greater yokai where yeah. somewhere else in here gotta Do watch you, out for that umbrella stand <laughs> <laughs> have any cats tried to steal corpses out of this house recently <laughs> <laughs> oh man uh, 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 any any speed walking monks traveling down <laughs> the road? Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, um, I guess that was a uh, yokai of the week. But it was. <laughs> <laughs> so that brings us to our topic for today. Uh, we will be taking a look at a web comic. So it's a little different than what we've done before. Um, not by mm. much, I guess. But this is a, <laughs> uh, a comic by A. Rossin. It is entitled Melvina's Therapy. And there's a, a mm-hmm. summary on the, the webtoon web hosting site. I don't know what mm-hmm. you would call it. Um, yeah. Anxiety, <laughs> loneliness, depression. With a regular therapy, you can deal with these issues. But Melvina's Therapy is about something deeper. Creepy secrets remaining in the darkest space of your mind waiting for you. 
every Thursday. Mm-hmm. Well, every Thursday every is not th- part of it, but that's when it updates. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good little aside. There are um, mm. two seasons so far of the comic. It's currently running. It's up to, it's not really issue, but uh, part 66 um oh wow and that that came out on october 24th 2018 however we'll be going far much farther back in time uh back to (laughs) the first and second episodes which we'll we'll be covering and those came out in may of 2017 so it's still fairly recent yeah yeah the uh first one we'll be covering is well it's the first episode of the webcomic it's hair's arms and that's hair as in sort of like a rabbit but a hair mm, yeah yeah leonard you you came across this comic first where did you where did you just was it just happenstance how did you find this uh i actually it was i believe it was retweeted out on twitter by one uh trevor hansen uh aka <laughs> slimy swamp ghost who <laughs> dave and i are very familiar with uh he's a uh online artist that specializes in found footage uh still photographs of scary mm. situations which are fantastic and i love almost every single one of them uh but yes he had retweeted a tweet about this comic and i said oh you know i trust this guy who makes this really scary stuff that i i enjoy uh opinion on 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 things so i uh loaded it up during one of my 12 hour days at work and <laughs> and 12 hours later you were finished reading and and, tw- and 12 yeah. and yes i i actually did go through the entire run during one day wow. at work <laughs> um, <laughs> but um i really uh i i i like it i'm actually kind of ex- uh, uh not kind of i'm very interested <laughs> in, uh hear what you you think um there's definitely um uh ito junji ito mm-hmm. influence mm-hmm. in in this work uh i think it that'll actually become more apparent if we uh revisit it sometime in the future in some of the later issues but um i found it really effective and i liked the uh framework of of a um somewhat uh morally unscrupulous therapist but we can get mm-hmm. into that uh slightly <laughs> a little a little farther down the line um uh and dave cameron what did uh what did you think about the first two episodes go ahead um, yeah yeah uh, i really like them uh, i've not read this before i don't think i've uh, read any of the author's works before unless i've read something and not thought about who wrote it, which is entirely possible. Uh, but I, I really liked both of these. are really good sort of just horror short stories, mm-hmm. uh, basically. And, you know, there's a little connectivity between them with um, the character of the therapist. But apart from that, they're more or less separate from each other. And they are both really, really interesting. Like Especially the first one, Hair's Arms. I had no idea what the, the sort of twist was going to be in that. I thought it was going to be much more straightforward. Um mm-hmm. And it ended up being uh, a little more complicated than I thought, which is a really pleasant surprise. It wasn't just a, oh, there's a scary monster in the woods. It's a hair. 
It's a hand. <laughs> uh, no, no, it was really, really great. Uh, and the second one was pretty good as well. Um, but for more sort of thinking about it later reasons rather than in the moment intrigue and scare. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I really liked it. Uh, I went into this. Uh, I hadn't heard anything about this, and I must have missed um, Slimy Swampy Ghost tweet, uh, much to my detriment, I guess. But it all mm. it all turned out since Leonard pointed the way. Um, <laughs> I really liked these, and I had a. I don't know. I, I liked the first issue, but I think when I realized the depth that the um, the author and the, which is also the artist is putting into these stories not just in the tale mm-hmm. themselves, but in um, the detail of the, the drawings. Uh, the author makes notes at the end, and I, I, from what I'm gathering, as these episodes are published, because they're not, they're not all put out at once. It's like mm-hmm. a few pages at a time. Um, the, the readers eventually, I guess, started commenting more um, on the work and things that they might be noticing or maybe just trying to guess where the story is going. Cause they're, you know, they're being drip fed uh, these, these tales. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the first issue, the author take, makes a point of uh, interjecting in little notes and saying that, Oh, here's some secret things you may have missed uh, to that effect. And mm-hmm. once I realized um, those were there and kind of how far the artist was taking this, I read the second issue like in a different way. Um, mm, I was paying mm. more attention to the story in the first one, whereas I was paying equal, if not more attention to the panels and seeing what was kind of being hinted at uh, to the, to the reader in the second mm. issue and moving forward. I think that's will be beneficial to look at them that way. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So uh, we're going to tackle the first uh, episode, uh, uh, which is a collection of pages. Uh, the first story, Hare's Tale. Um, mm. Who wants to start us off with, uh, with Hare's Tale? I'll, I'll give it a go. <laughs> I <still laughs> pulled up. Um, so this, as we mentioned, um, all of these stories take place, uh, in part, if not in whole, um, within the, in the confines of a, a therapist's office, they're told in flashback format, sort of, mm. <laughs> depending on the, the situation, but they're generally focused on one character's, um, therapy session with Melvina. Mm-hmm. And, in this case, that that character is um, I don't know where'd she go. Is that Gina? Gina. It is Gina. Yeah, Gina Davis. No, cool. uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's Gina, and then she's accompanied by her boyfriend Owen, and uh, she's ha- been having um, hallucinations, uh, seeing things out of the corner of her eye. Um, I say things, but it's. Um, rabbits silhouettes uh, or i guess yeah silhouettes but they're walking on their hind legs so it's mm. maybe more disconcerting than just seeing <laughs> hair, hair yeah mm-hmm. and this has been um and it's not just a recent thing it's been ongoing for years as far as she's 
relating to the therapist. Mm. Yes. Mm. And what uh, what sort of ends up happening is she is con- or her therapist forcibly confronts her with a um, it looks like it's an ink blot test, but it's just a hair paper. She's not being mm. blunt about, or not being um, just being blunt about it, and that visceral image triggers something in um gina and she she decides or i guess it it sort of no she found a um uh, a box of childhood uh items like at her mother's house mm. i think and those triggered a memory of some event in her childhood that happened on a school trip and yeah so she She's been bugging her mother about it because she doesn't have a, a full recollection of that time. And this is what she's also bringing to her therapist, saying that there's something I'm forgetting and I, I don't know what it is. And I think that could be the problem. So they find out, or her, her and her boyfriend find out um, the location of the school trip. And mm. Gina decides that she wants to go there and potentially unlock the rest of her memories. I mean, just by visiting the place. Mm. I, I think that there's uh, a, a couple of important things to note. Um, mainly, it was Owen's idea for Gina to start therapy. Um, mm. She uh, it was not not initially by her choice. Um, and the reason that Owen started, uh, 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 suggested that Gina start therapy was because, uh, she had been so jumpy recently that she had embarrassed him in front of his friends. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. that's, uh, that's, uh, important for later, but it is, uh, uh, good to know that Gina, in fact, uh, did not, uh, uh, initiate this journey of self mm. this rediscovery. It was in fact Owen due to Owen's prompting uh, uh, to the point that when uh, Melvinia, Melvina, Melvinia, uh, Melvina, Melvina, Melvina uh, uh, shows her the the he, the uh, card with the hair on it. Gina just leaves the therapy session, and mm. o- Owen's incensed that Melvina doesn't didn't even attempt to stop her from leaving. Um, Mm. So that kind of gives you a little insight into Owen's character as well. Uh, Yeah. Gina Gina seems lost and confused uh, legitimately. And Owen's very much um, just upset that she's kind of being a bother, which is gross Mm. and awful. Um, So yeah, that's a, just just the just a note from the side <laughs> um stay alive i i i think so um <laughs> uh yes yes he is he's, he's he's sending he's sending us a message from the great beyond Dave, oh, um, there goes my ping. Oh God! Uh, ah. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah that was, um, uh, well, I'll pick up then. Um, all right. So, so after this uh, therapy session gone wrong, <laughs> after this therapy session gone wrong, uh, Gina sort of gets determined to visit uh, this this sort of lake lake house campsite um, where she found you know those old photos of the elementary school trip and dredged up some memories. Um, and you know, her mother admits her that some of the kids didn't come back from that school trip. Um, and so, you know, clearly Gina just sort of put it out of mind, um, to try and forget about it. Um, you know, she wants answers. So off she trapes, uh, Owen in tow. Uh, and you know, it, it's the standard horror stuff. There's a spooky forest. You see an upright bipedal hair off in the deep of the forest and tries to run off and ends up running to the lake house. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Uh, goes through all the dormitories. There's one uh, dormitory, like each, each of the dormitory doors have a different animal on them. Uh, and there is one with a hair uh, within which is a creepy doll and a covered up mirror. Uh, and then we cut back to Owen uh, who eventually finds his own way to the uh, very creepy lake house. After, uh, after returning to the car and being yeah upset yeah was not there <laughs> yeah um, uh, another interesting note about the the uh, the the rooms with the animals uh, mm. is that the room with the hair has the same exact image that mm. Novena showed uh, yeah. Gina during the therapy session mm, mm. yeah. Um, yeah, you know, um, Owen goes back to the car, gets annoyed, Gina's in there, then traipses back to the lake house, uh, and then we get a very, um, and the author explicitly stated, a very uh, Blair Witch-style moment where Gina's just standing, uh, facing the mirror, not moving. Um, they were arms! Mm-hmm. Um which is great because this is the moment that really got me because she turns around and she's got her arms raised up to the outline of a hair's head, basically. Mm -hmm. But it's it's the arms in this really twisted, unnatural position and she's the monster. She's the monster in the story, which I really didn't expect. Um, (laughs) And, you know, we start our traditional monster chase where she's just chasing after Owen. Uh, Owen gets out to the woods stumbles down into a tunnel uh, to try and escape this burrow, rather, I should say, with keeping with the hair theme. Yes. Uh, it, yeah. it should also be noted that uh, her her face falls off. Oh, yeah, yeah. Can't, can't forget that. Um, yep. Yeah, she, Just... she drops the mask of civility and humanity, I guess. Mm-hmm. Just slides mm-hmm. off like a greasy grilled cheese. Um, uh, it's really well drawn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah um and you know he, he sort of tries to find backs up the skeletons of two children sort of arm in arm um and you know gina killed them she's the monster uh and you know we get her crawling down the tunnel towards him and we end with this pretty uh pretty creepy shot of her face yep um which the author says is based on a mri mri face photos so sort of the face within the face imagery Mm -hmm. um it's pretty effective it's pretty creepy and it honestly does kind of remind me of 
like a hair face a little bit as well. Yeah. I don't know, something about it. Just like the shape is a little more rabbity yes. than human, um, which, is which is pretty well done. Which is interesting because I then did immediately look up MRI face photos and mm-hmm. there's one that looks almost exactly like uh, monster face. Um, reference photo. That I, yeah, that I found. <laughs> and yes, it does in fact look like a creepy hair face, human hair uh, face. Hair. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, they're super um, gross. I wouldn't advise it unless you've got a strong stomach. But they're, I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's your body and it's natural, but it's super. It's I'm I'm serious, folks. It's real gross. Don't look up MRI face your body and it's natural, but it's you're, still you're gross. Na- yeah. your, your natural disgusting state. Humans are disgusting. Yes. yes. Oh, glad we got that out. Right. Um, and <laughs> the comic actually ends with a little bit from Melvina. Uh, about how Gina was never the real patient for her therapy. It was Owen because he's this sort of control freak. Uh, Everything has to be perfect. My girlfriend's embarrassing me, so we have to fix her kind of person. Uh, But at the same time, she was also treating Gina by allowing her to be free to be herself again. There's sort of two birds, one stone argument for psychiatry. Although, you know, killing one of your patients with the other patients, you know, released monstrosity is maybe not the most ethical form of psychiatry I don't yes know. yes well we'll <laughs> well uh discover that ethics isn't really one of melvina's things uh no <laughs> uh she's also pictured sitting in front of a roaring fire with a uh used syringe and mm. bloodied, uh uh gauze pad next to mm. her as well um, yeah there's a lead into that, the next tale yes because there are deeper mm. mysteries with Melvina, <laughs> who who really is drawn to be like like German Frau number mm. five from like yeah yeah very much the Ice Queen. Really, hey Glenn Close, do you want to play this this unscrupulous psychotic? Psychotic <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, uh, this was um this is definitely my favorite of the two. I do like mm-hmm. the other one a lot, but just this is sort of my first jumping in point to this author's really really I would say definitely. Yeah, it's a uh it's a it's a good initial tale. Um mm. it's a good start for for a series uh you know, uh sight unseen. Uh, mm. coming in mm. fresh i i i i actually really dig it as a um as a introduction to to this universe it doesn't need to be any bigger than it is you just have <laughs> to establish a couple of things you have to establish Melvina's probably not great um you also <laughs> get to establish hey there are monsters are just straight up a thing mm-hmm. um and also um, <laughs> uh, therapy. Therapy is the other big thing that's established. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. monsters and therapy. Yeah. Um, and then uh, for all the readers, we get uh, really one of one of my <laughs> favorite things that any author's ever done with their uh, works, which is just give us a list of influences and, and references mm-hmm. like be mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not imp- trying to imply that, uh, that uh, other writers, authors, artists aren't honest 
uh, with it. But I really do enjoy like the uh, mm, mm. process. Yeah, yeah, it's much. It's very nice to be able to see authors' direct intent instead of um, you know, the high school literature class of clearly they meant this incredibly deep and detailed idea because they said the curtains were blue. Right. Exactly. <laughs> that is. Exactly. Uh, oh, English literature. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm. Well, speaking of those references, before we move on to the second issue, I did. I'm just going to go through them because this. Yeah, is the go for it. Detail that the author is putting in, and what you kind of want to look for moving forward. And mm-hmm. I, I wasn't mm-hmm. expecting this at all. So here's uh here's what we have. The the first reference is um uh gina is standing in a corner of a room and there's a she's there's the wall and the carpet and the carpet is directly from the shining so it's the design Mm -hmm. of the hallway carpet i believe um yeah yeah then we have the the mountain trip they took to a lake as lake wongo and there's a film entitled lake mungo which i've seen was pretty good then we have the the moment where she's standing with her back to the viewer, and that's directly mm. lifted, I guess, from the Blair Witch, where the character is standing mm-hmm. in the wall, her corner of the wall at the end. Uh, yep. It goes on to remark the bedroom doors, um, saying that those animals that we mentioned um, drawn on them, or I guess the stencils, were evocative of a uh, like an elementary school. Mm. Um. Then there's just small asides on some of the, I guess they technically would be voiceovers in a film, um, mm, mm. saying that uh, the the spooky cabin house thing in the woods had nothing to do with the horror. It was it was Gina all along, just herself. Right. That's mm. the thing that's spooky, right? She's <laughs> the, she's the wrong thing. It's it's mm-hmm. actually it's it's you know it's a theme that's been explored before, but um, the the monster that forgets it's a monster and and mm. it's a human, yeah, um, uh, done really really well. And it, 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 there's there's just this one little weird spark of humanity because clearly she felt remorse over her actions as a monster. Uh, and so she just stuffed that down, but her could never escape her true nature. Mm, mm. And then yeah. we have uh, even smaller details. So there's a, um, they're, well, they're kind of ducks, but also just generic birds uh, <laughs> on her, on Gina's sweater. And they, mm-hmm. they suddenly appear in like one of the scenes and then they're echoed mm. by a small doll that, uh, we it, it just appears in one of the scenes sitting on a little chair mm. in the house. Oh yeah. But the doll also has those same birds, so it potentially may have been Gina's doll uh, when she was a child. Mm. You, you mean the Laura Lazy Eye doll? Yep, yeah. Yeah, you know. Well, there's so here's the thing about that doll that I absolutely love. Like, even if you like tilted its head straight, like one of those eyes is like a good inch lower than the other. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. It's there, it's just the one where the eyelids open and shut when you tilt it. Yeah. So if you sit it back up, one of them is going to be goggly and 
continually trying yeah. to shut. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Everybody's grandmother has one of these dolls. Everybody. Oh, yeah. Everybody. I wish my grandmother had one of these dolls and not the mine. racist doll she has. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah. My uh, everybody, everyone dolls. with a younger sister in the in the uh, uh, <laughs> early to mid nineties also had mm. a doll that looked like this. Yep. Yep. Interactive dolls were a big thing. Thanks, Mattel. God. Yeah. And then, you know, we went from there to Furbies, which is a horror episode all of its own. So. Yeah, we just we moved <laughs> backward in time slightly to the 80s, where everyone had a Teddy Ruxpin doll. Oh, yes. <laughs> and the batteries wore out, and it was in the middle of the mm. night, and it was going, let me read your story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Nothing creepier than toys. I never had a. I had a ne- never had a Teddy Ruxpin. My parents were highly pragmatic. I had a mm. a grandpa time clock, which was the basic, <laughs> basically the same same concept of a Teddy Ruxpin. Only it wasn't mm. a soft, huggable plush bear, but instead <laughs> a cold, unfeeling uh, gr- uh, mini grandfather clock that told you a story and also served as an alarm to wake you up. Um, interesting mm-hmm. it doesn't sound awful <laughs> no it wasn't but man i woke up a lot of morning to a lot of mornings to the trains the dream trains pulling into the station <laughs> uh, that's so weird i love it <laughs> um oh why did one when i had a um this little woodcutter something a doll it was like a hard plastic mm. figure but um my grandparents picked it up at like a swap meet or something and mm-hmm. okay. uh, i don't know i remember it being spooky looking just normally just sitting there mm. and what it would do is it had a uh, a rubber face and it looked sort of like elmer uh. fudd if elmer fudd was evil um, <laughs> and it had a, a, a red like clear plastic axe <laughs> So, okay, you would turn it on, <laughs> okay, and it would play when the saints go marching in, right? And that's mm-hmm. fine, except for when it's playing the song, the axe lights up, it raises and lowers its arm repeatedly, and inside um. behind, behind the rubber <laughs> face was like little metal poles, so it would scrunch the face up. And, you know, contort it in these horrible grimaces, and it would move and move as the song was yeah. playing. This is not for kids. That's, yeah, no, that's terrifying. It's terrifying, yeah. and I hate that song, and I don't like Lumberjacks. <laughs> oh, They're no. old and have no beard. This this <laughs> this this feels like the the impetus for a Dave themed slasher film <laughs> with a with a lumberjack and the musical motif of when the saints go marching in. Um it's no sillier than I know what you did last summer. Mm. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's some good stuff. Those, sorry. Uh... Sorry. Eagle eared viewers. Cameron just showed something. <laughs> um, not suitable for anyone in 2018. Um, yeah, so that that's called a gollywog, and it was very <laughs> popular in Australia for a while there. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, um, look it up if you want to. It's just a very racist doll. 
or, or, or conversely, you could look at a picture of Jinx from Pokemon and get the same. Yeah. Effect. It's it's Jinx in a little outfit, really. <laughs> Jinx, Jinx is always in a little outfit. Thank you very much. True. True. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. Let's move mm. us along into uh, episode two. Chairs. Mm. Chairs. How are we going to make these frightening? Um, <laughs> session nine. Yeah, right. true. Yeah, no, that's pretty good, actually. Actually, this is the chair from the changeling. Mm, mm. I don't think that's cited in the references, but I'm 99% sure that this is what this is from. Yeah, yeah. Good job, Arthur. Arthur. Not Arthur. <laughs> Arthur Morgan. Um, so yeah, this was, I don't know, visually more creepy than the first one. Mm, I think, yeah, and yeah, uh, thematically a little bit heavier. Mm, yeah, yeah, this is definitely one that got me much more thematically. Like, the, the first one got me with like interesting twists and um, a creepy looking monster, and this one got me more with oh man, that's that's deep and not pleasant to think about this just makes me sad <laughs> i don't know yeah <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> mm. i read this and i was um, like well that's great mm-hmm. <laughs> that explains a few things although uh, i do appreciate the ability to flip between like that classic horror with the act legitimate unexpected twist to mm. something that is a little more still horror psychologically horrifying but yeah based in yeah. like the existential crisis of just being a human being um mm. which also fits into the hey i need therapy theme really really well um yeah, <laughs> mm. these, oh, yeah. <laughs> these these uh i think these two more than anything these two stories show like the author's range um with the kind of stories that they can tell and um mm. and their ability to uh elicit emotions from the reader in two completely different ways. Yeah, yeah. So Leonard, what is this one about? This one is about the horrors of being a cog in the in a machine. <laughs> um it's a brick in the wall. Oh man. Mm, um yeah. it's uh the the first couple of panels uh uh show the inside of an apartment. Um there's a close-up of a woman biting her thumb until it bleeds, uh, mm. a cuckoo clock uh going off, and then the uh woman apparently dead and slumped in the chair. Uh let's see, do we ever learn this character's name? Is it David? uh edward i think it is edward yeah yeah no it's yeah, edward, it's edward. Um, yeah. okay <laughs> uh so edward's in uh melvina's office um uh he's just recently left his job uh he always wanted to he always wanted to do something with the arts mm. uh but of course as with most people he instead of fighting for it he he said that it was he decided that it wasn't practical that there wasn't any any money in it and that you have to do 
you have to do the nine to five in order to make ends meet. And there's no, uh, there's no alternative. Um, and he, of course, pulls out this great gem, which is, don't you think the system is built to deceive us? It slowly <laughs> takes you away from your dreams and turns you into a gear, making you believe mm. you need the rest of the machine to function. Um, so that's what David's issue is. He's uh, eager. Yeah, he's eager to start this <laughs> this new chapter of his life, doing something that he actually wants to do, um, uh, but is unsure whether or not uh, it's actually viable, even though he wants mm. to believe it is. Um, and then uh, he gets word that his mother has died, yeah. leading us to assume <laughs> yes, right. Uh, 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 he, he, she left him a large inheritance and, mm. um, and her flat, um, which is, you know, always kind of weird when it's a family member has just died and you move into their, their mm. place, their old place. Yep. Um, you gotta live somewhere. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> And so uh, he 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 moves. Uh, he it's mm. never stated where he was living before, but he just moves into the flat, um, and is then greeted by uh, a wheelchair. Not actually greeted, but it's sitting mm. in front of the window. <laughs> um, Welcome to your home. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, and then and then meets the. Uh, the next door neighbor, Margaret, mm. uh, who was friends with, uh, with David. Oh, no, Edward. Edward's mother. Edward's yeah. mother, Annie. Um, mm. Cameron, can you, uh, can you tell us a little bit about Margaret? Uh, she's a lovely old lady. Um, she's, she's really sweet. She goes on nocturnal rounds around the, uh, around the apartment block to make sure everything's okay. You know, she checks up on everyone. Uh, she apparently had a very close relationship with Edward's mother, um, and she is hor- horrifically disfigured by this massive burn scar across the left side of her face. Um, she, she's a pretty interesting character. Um, yeah. yeah, she is sort of, well, obviously one of the characters that this horror hinges upon. Um but, you know, she's a woman who made it through a tough world. She was a famous actress for a while um, until that all went to a, went, went, went to hell with the burning of her face. Um, but she managed to pull through and, you know, still remained a valuable member of the community, just um, not as a working person anymore. Um, th- this, this story sort of deals a lot with the struggles of not being just anyone in society, but also with being a woman in society. You know, she's been physically abused by her father. And when she has a child, she physically abuses the child because she can't deal with reality of, you know, having to stay home to take care of them. And, you know, her husband at the time is the one who disfigures her with burning oil, which we, we, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, um, and so like her story is really intrinsic to this, um, and I think this is where the author doing this breakdown of their intent of things really helps understand the story because um, it gets much deeper if you read what they have to say about her. Right. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, uh, <laughs> at night, Edward's being menaced by um, 
a um the specter the specter <laughs> of his mother uh mm. wheeling up and down uh the hallways in the uh wheelchair uh screaming mm. his name um <laughs> uh she is super spoopy ghosty mm-hmm. yeah yeah um uh we'll get into her actual visual in, uh influence after we finish with this but uh yeah um edward's not um not really feeling great about no. this, this uh mom haunting um so uh he he's once again back to melvina um mm. Which you know, once again, it's not immediate. Like, oh, I'm I'm super haunted. It's hey, I'm go clearly going through some weird stressful time, and I'm having hallucinations. <laughs> so I'm gonna go talk to my therapist about this. Mm. Um, you know, good reaction. Honestly, yeah, like a legit, like a, an actual legit reaction. Mm. Um, so yeah, the therapist is evil and yes. crazy. <laughs> um but um uh Edward finds a, a di- his mother's diary and is mm. has been reading through it he finds a, a photo of of Annie and Margaret um they are clearly more than friends uh there's uh <laughs> zero there's zero comment made about this which is mm. actually kind of legitimately yeah. fantastic and yeah i like that uh, <laughs> um uh, Edward's reading the diary and he noticed I have no idea where the chair came from. <laughs> I should have never sat in it. And I'm like, well, that's pretty explicit. Mm. And uh, almost immediately the door sl- to his bedroom slowly opens being pushed <laughs> by the wheelchair. Mm. Um, so, long story short, uh, he tries to get rid of it. It comes back. Uh, <laughs> and then eventually he takes an axe to it, only mm. to uh, see the uh, now bloodied, axe-beaten image of his mother sitting in the wheelchair, uh, offering, uh, offering her, uh, her lap to him to sit. Mm. Yeah. Yep. Um, <laughs> Only to only for it to be revealed that Edward actually didn't destroy the wheelchair at all. Um, yep. And finally, during a conversation uh, with Margaret, uh, the cuckoo clock in his mother's apartment goes off, but there's no bird. Um, uh, and as he examines the opening, he finds a piece of paper in the mechanism that reads, Marge killed me. Mm, mm. Um, with 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 Margaret in the room, which is really uncomfortable, I can imagine. Yeah, yeah, um, I would not like to. I would not like that situation to happen to me. <laughs> so she's like, Edward, what is that paper you found? <laughs> it's no, just nothing. the cuckoo just, clock instructions. It's just the clock's instructions. Don't don't look at me. Don't look at the paper. <laughs> yeah. Did you kill my mother? Um. <laughs> Dave, do you want to take this this next section because the the ending is like um, I'm trying to in my mind I don't think, to summarize this. 
<laughs> right? Because oh, uh, there's a lot. There's a lot of it's a lot symbolism. Unpack, and it's a lot yeah. of text. Um, okay. <laughs> so what it boils down to is Edward confronts um, Mar- Margaret? Yes. yes. Mm. And she drops all pretenses and admits that she killed um or allowed yeah. um his mother to die who who had you know she wasn't feeling well she had broken down but um instead of giving her medical attention she just locked her in a room until she died um right and then what we're what we're getting is uh a lot of close in um shots of margaret's like sitting room Mm-hmm. And all of the pictures on the wall are like we're seeing not I don't I'm ninety nine percent sure these aren't the actual photos on the wall. They're more illustrations of mm-hmm. Margaret's mind. So it's a lot of screaming mm-hmm. faces. Uh we get a, a really cool example earlier of uh Margaret as uh an actress and mm-hmm. she's holding mm-hmm. a mask in one hand. Yeah, yeah. So it's uh, the the author states this is specifically an um, example of her duplicitous nature. Um, mm. What else? Happened? Okay, Edward. He's clued in, or I guess he's uh, well, he sees that note from his mother. So he decides that when um, Margaret is making one of her nightly rounds about the apartment, he'll climb across the very spooky. Um, <laughs> uh, balcony and because their their apartments are next door to each other and sneak into her apartment and see if he can find proof of his mother's death or some you know some kind of I don't know I don't think he has anything specific in mind he's just like there's got to be something there that'll let me know um, that this is uh, you know, my mother wasn't just crazy right mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. that lasts all of five seconds because Margaret just shows back up. <laughs> So yeah, and immediately yeah. stabs him in the shoulder. Yes. Oh yeah. She's, oh yeah. She's done playing playing games. Um, we get a wonderful scene of her vomiting up a fetus, which mm-hmm. is a again, it's not actually happening. Um, I don't think yeah. it's, it's symbolic. Um, in all all sense of the word, but the idea is that that was the last ounce of her childhood and um all of mm. this crazy craziness yeah um, and all, all of this is in response to the society um in general and all the things that had happened to her in her past um all of the you know it's a like the death of a thousand cuts just all these injustices piled and piled and piled up and combined with the fact that um when she's having you know at at the then best time of her life with um Annie Annie uh Mm. Edward's mother though once Edward was born that took Annie away from her and so she's holding a grudge against not only Edward but Annie for leaving um Margaret behind in favor of uh, love for a child. And that's mm. maybe not, you know, that's not really what's happening, but for her, that's, that's her reality. 
Yeah. And that's yeah. what it boils down to is, you know, your your own. This whole thing is dealing with personal experiences versus societal expectations. And then your understanding of society's expectations upon you. Right. Um, there's a lot of layers going on. And this, again, as we mentioned, is not um, it's a visceral thing, but really this is psychological. Mm. However, the author has done a very good job of making it both. It's not only troubling to think about, but it's like, troubling to look at. Yeah, and, and it's supposed to be. This isn't. This isn't. Uh, um, it's not a nice topic, but it's one I think that is necessary. It's like good to mm. understand mm. these things, but unfortunate that we're seeing it uh, through bad events that occur instead of something yeah. that could change any of these um the only real resolution we're getting is that uh edward is able to move on with his life and and do the things that he is passionate about he wants to be a podcaster i mean he wants to be an artist Uh, Mm -hmm. (laughs) so the chair the idea is that it is your it's your it's your defeat it's your willingness to give up to let yeah be, you know let yourself be crushed down by societal expectations and if you if you sit in this chair or if the chair even comes to you in the first place it's because you're in the last moments of uh your own personal agency right and and by choosing to sit in the chair i mean because you have to it's a choice you have to make i don't think it's made for you uh you're that's it you're going to you're you'll die um and that may not be a uh literal death but it's definitely uh a mental one yes it's the it's literally the death of your dream Mm, yeah yeah you you believed and in this Um, case the um margaret is also uh aware of this chair um and she uh through no real choice of her own um takes a little seat in it and uh that's that's the end of dear old margaret and uh it's interesting because it's not like she pushes her in the chair and then the ghost chair like turns her into ash and it's literally just a uh it's 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 a sad old woman who's had a rough life who Mm. is finally given up um, it's never explicitly stated what happens to Margaret, but it's clearly not like the evil's defeated and like the, <laughs> it's it's probably and then she was taken to a home and, mm. and you know, because there's really no point in prosecuting a, a woman. Yeah, that yeah. Old. Like as 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 we've all stated, this is this is the this is an an issue that makes you feel bad. Um, it's 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 tense. It's got some um, uh, um, thriller qualities, but it it's it's definitely couched more psychologically in the uh, existential horror place than mm-hmm. anything else. Um, but, and it also feels like it kind of has a happy ending, which as somebody that's read through the rest of the series, um, I think this might actually be the only one. <laughs> mm-hmm. Super. Cause there's a lot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and that's, that's fine because this topic, 
isn't um it's not a happy topic and it's surprising mm. that there is even any kind of glimmer of uh hope in it uh at least it's not utterly nihilistic that's good yeah <laughs> right yeah you yeah. get you get a, an idea of what is one of the it's not a morality tale it's a like a warning kind of mm. yeah like to yeah cautionary more, tale yeah cautionary tale it takes more take a more um proactive approach to your life uh mm. otherwise you could be sitting in a chair <laughs> oh god it's not no it's so good um and and actually speaking of of the chair after after everything's said and done we do cut back to melvina's office one last time um mm. i think it's during like edward's initial visit um this is where the actual uh real uh you know minus uh ghost mom uh the real <laughs> spooky stuff of this this issue occurs um ed edward's talking it seems like he's slowly fading away uh not fading away but falling asleep mm. um uh melvina has an old gramophone in her office yeah. because of course yeah. she does for maximum creep effect um <laughs> And it starts playing, uh, and instead of music, it's just uh, repeating, this is the sound of the cliff. Um, mm. uh, can you hear its melody from the depths of the abyss? Which, well, okay, are you go- are, we, are we sliding into Lovecraft so quickly? Um, <laughs> uh, feeling so solemn, you cannot speak, you cannot process, you can only listen. Yeah. Um, and uh Edwin, uh Edward, wow, Edwin. Edward <laughs> uh is completely out of it. Um he's not it doesn't seem like he's asleep, but he is certainly unaware of his surroundings. Uh Melina takes a, the hypodermic and actually draws blood from him. Mm. Uh returns to her desk uh smashes everything on her desk and then is confronted by the wheelchair from Edward's story. Uh, She asks, what are you doing here? Uh, And then responds, and then she responds uh, to the chair's unheard answer. No, you're wrong again. My hour hasn't come yet. And Mm. that's how the episode ends. The uh, end. The end. <laughs> um, and I uh, I had actually I suggested that we do uh, uh, two issues. Let's just let's just call them issues. We mm. do the first two issues uh, because the third issue is actually incredibly long and expands the scope of the this this universe greatly and will probably end up being its own single episode uh when should we and if we decide to come back to the series um but i'm uh thoroughly entertained by it i kind of wish that i had uh portioned it out a little better for myself um (laughs) 12 hours uh yeah really really rough (laughs) Um, but I'm, I'm absolutely a fan of, of this series. Mm. Yeah, this was oh, good. Yeah. Um, 
I, I liked it a lot, and I definitely will read more of it when I have the time. Oh, yeah. I'm going to be reading, I think, probably one of these issues every couple of days for the next few weeks, <laughs> the very least. Did we want to go uh, go down the line influences for mm. chairs? Yeah. Let's see. Find my influences. Um, I think the first big one that apparently all of the readers noticed very quickly is um this has inspiration from the video game layers of fear yes which is about that yeah yeah the art studio is directly um the art studio from layers of fear Mm -hmm. um which for those who don't know it's a i haven't actually played it but i've watched a lot of people play it uh it's an interesting horror game where you play like a deranged artist going through his house trying to figure out what happened uh etc etc um Annie's uh Annie's diary has a quote from an anime called Shoujo Kakume Utena uh or a book named Demian by a man named Herman Hesse um with the quote is the chick has to break the shell to be born we are the chick and the world is the egg we have to break the egg shell to be free yeah um yeah you you got to you got to destroy the world to be free um yeah, you can break free of the norms or die, effectively. Um, Annie's ghost on the wheelchair is inspired by the Screaming Pope paintings by Francis Bacon. Um, Which are horrifying. I was going to say they were great, because I really I, like those, but they're terrifying, yeah. Yes, they they, <laughs> they, 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 they are great, but they are horrifying. And, um, and mm. also a good pull to use as a reference for your, uh, your, your ghost. Um, in. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, through throughout the issue, let's say, um, there's a lot of imagery with blackbirds, mm-hmm. and um, they're usually used to indicate something bad's about to happen to Edward because um, this this blackbird raging in a cage sort of represents Margaret's Mar Margaret's Margaret's uh. <laughs> Margaret. <laughs> uh, Margaret's yeah Margaret uh, Margaret's sort of rage and um animosity towards this restrictive world um and society uh and so you know bird shadows or birds show up that means something bad is happening um yeah they signify evil as evil has arrived they're all over her apartment um the pictures in her apartment are referenced to silent hill 3 uh there's a lot of mouth pictures (laughs) yep there's a lot of lisa garland smiling at us in this in this mm-hmm. <laughs> god so many mouths um th- there's also one really great portrait which is just a half and half where the right half of the face is margaret and the left half of the face is annie yes uh and the author says that this particularly um uh references the fact that uh annie completed margaret in a very positive rage and let a uh, positive way and let her forget her rage her pain and past um and that's why the picture only shows the healthy side of margaret's face right yep yep um the the sort of weird scene where margaret throws up the fetus um <laughs> is also a reference to silent hill 3 yeah uh, <laughs> uh um yeah and is meant to represent her killing the inner child and becoming this corrupted adult yeah um really this is my favorite reference in the whole thing um 
when Margaret is walking down a corridor, she like passes a light source and her shadow on the wall is actually Nosferatu's shadow. Yes. Which is fantastic. Yep. <laughs> like that's such a good, good detail. Um, and as for Margaret's actual like reference uh, for her design style, um, she's the old lady from the others uh, played by actress Renee Asherson, um, which I think I've watched that movie. If I did, it was a while ago. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, but again, like this, this level of detail within the work makes it so interesting to like read once, check all the reference things, then read back and see how they interplay a little. Uh, it's really, really good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, anything else? No, I think that's it. Other than once again, we are unclear as to uh, what Melvina's uh, motives and uh, mm. uh, desires ultimately are, other than it's clearly not good because she's doing a lot of messed up things to her patients. <laughs> also, also, there might be an elder god involved. You never know. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. it's all not looking great for the patients of uh, Melvina's therapy. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, I think uh, I think we can definitely say that this will probably be something that we'll be re-examining uh, down the line. Mm, uh, yeah. Yes, we can be unanimous in that. I don't know when <laughs> it will reappear, right. but uh, possibly At some before point. the end of the year. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. And uh, we definitely suggest reading it. Uh, uh, there will be a link in the show notes. It's a web. It's a web comic, so it's it's easily mm. digestible if you have have the time. Um, and yes, it comes highly recommended from all of us. I think. Yeah, yeah. Go read Definitely. <laughs> go read the thing. Now that we've spoiled the the starting bits for you, well, you have to go worry, read the rest. Like Eighty-eight <laughs> other pages yeah exactly and there's, the, there's and lots the, for you to get to those. and there's lavish art all around really oh yeah 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 art, it's visually I, I, very good yes <laughs> um and and i i mean i don't mean it to sound uh i don't mean this to uh imply it's derivative but if you do like junji ito's work i mm. once again this this series uh, just from the art comes comes highly recommended. There is, a, there is a very clear um, uh, correlation between the two styles uh, that translate well if you're familiar with one or the other. Yeah, yeah. All well, right. I uh, I think that'll probably wrap us up. Uh, we do not have any feedback as far as I'm aware. Um, you, you, view, <laughs> view, view, viewers, you, you continue to let the email monster starve. And I, I was pretty explicit that, that he's, he's a, he's a hungry boy. So I, there's no, there was nowhere I, what I had nowhere to go with that. So. Yeah, that's fine. Just mm. just, just send, send us email, please. Us we like we like we like answering your questions. That's it. Yeah, we're just reading <laughs> comments. Those are fun. Um, <coughs> yeah, it's all 
I'll interject that again. So monsterdearmonster at gmail.com um, or through the Twitter. You can just DM us. It's always open. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, go read this one. Send us, if you read it and if it gives you specific thoughts, uh, just send them to us and we'll take care of it next episode. We're always yeah. willing to yes. do that. Uh, <laughs> or just tell us what you thought. I mean, even if we don't address it on the show, it's it's good to hear that uh, our, it's not really an opinion, um, the things that we thought were cool might also be interesting to other people. I don't know. Yes. I don't know where I'm going with that. We would <laughs> like to know. It's we, good. <laughs> we would like to know that you think that the things that we think are cool are also cool. <laughs> so we could be cool people together. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And if, and if it's cool, we'll just find other stuff that is also cool. <laughs> Cameron, where mm-hmm. can people find you on the interwebs nets? Uh, you can find me on the Twitter. Um, I am at night underscore twitten. That's night without a K. And I'm currently extensively chronicling every glitch I find in Red Dead Redemption, mm. uh, which has so far included a poor man sinking into the bar, in, into the deck of a saloon and my, uh, my character breaking his own neck in an attempt to read his diary. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, there's lots of stuff going on there. So um, feel free to come have a chat. I love to talk. Dave, where can people find you on the interwebs? You can find me on Twitter pretty much exclusively, sentinot underscore plus. That's where I'm at. And there's links to all my various podcasts because there's more than one yeah there's a lot <laughs> just a couple you're a busy man i don't have a he's... problem <laughs> he's a podcasting fool people that's right um and you can find me at uh twitter at drfaustisdead.com or no wait no that's not how twitter handles work let's try this again you can find me at Dr. Faust is dead. Uh, you can also find me on YouTube at uh, www backslash C backslash Dr. Faust is dead. Um, one day I'll, I'll, I'll make new content. I promise. Um, but uh, as it stands right now, uh, that's just not in the cards, but you know, if there are uh, any of my older videos that you'd like to watch, go ahead and, Go there. <laughs> so I think that's us. Uh, yeah, us yeah. Enough. Uh, bye, folks. Bye. Ta-da.